Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. Will Hobbs, Chief Investment Officer, talks to Rogerio Poppe, CEO of Arx Investimentos, about the opportunities and challenges of investing in Brazilian equities, as well as reviewing the latest sharp rise in the Bank of England's interest rate and whether investors should worry about the UK's rising debt. Welcome to another edition of Word on the Street. Amidst another turbulent week in capital markets that that we have to cover with the UK and its inflation problem centre stage and what the Bank of England has gone and done in response. I'll cover that at the end. However, first up, we have another in our series of interviews with some of the superstar fund managers of the world. This week, it is uh, Rogerio Pope of ARCS, who uh, focuses on Brazilian equities. Uh, That may seem far afield to some of you used to focus focusing on the opportunity set in the UK or even, you know, just the US. However, remember, the aim of long-term investing is to scoop up the proceeds of the world's ingenuity and dynamism, not just some recently successful or even local part of it. Anyway, Rogerio, welcome and thank you very much for your time. I think it's worth starting off just by introducing yourself and maybe just telling us in a, you know, a little bit more detail what you do and what your day looks like, if that's okay. Yeah, fine. Thank you. Well, I, I, I started in the market, financial markets, back in 1993, mm-hmm. and uh, always uh, as an equity analyst. Uh, and I started managing equity portfolios back in 1999. So it's a, it's a long run. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and all, always, always on, on Brazilian equities. So it's a very good experience with a lot of uh, volatility, I have to say that, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's fun. I, I, I mean, Brazil has a lot of uh, different cycles, economic cycles, and, and of course that it's uh, always a challenge, but it's something that I like it to do. And, and I have been managing this portfolio since uh, the inception in 2007. It follows a strategy that we have here in Brazil that was launched back in 1999. Arts, the asset manager, was started in 2001. We have more than 20 years already uh, in uh, managing uh, portfolios here in Brazil. And we do not do, we do have other products, other strategies. That's not only equities. What, what I think that in the case of Brazil is very important because we have a lot of volatility in macroeconomic variables like uh, FX and interest rates. So it's very helpful. Thanks. That's really interesting. And, and just thinking about one of the areas that you guys uh, you guys cover, Brazilian equities has had a pretty, you know, they've had a pretty decent few years and an even better first half of the year, this year, particularly in sterling terms. What are some of the more specific local forces at work in this uh, outperformance, do you think? I, I think that this has been a very interesting cycle as uh, last year, local investors were very pessimistic uh, after the elections, uh, presidential elections in Brazil, as a new president was elected. And there were some concerns regarding monetary policy and fiscal policies up to the beginning of this year. And the, the, the mood started to change in March, April, as investors became less, less concerned uh, after the first measures of the new government about the fiscal framework uh, were released. And in, in that case, equity prices were at very low levels because of the, the pessimist that we saw uh, back uh, last year. So I think that a good part of the, the good run that we had, uh, we are having these years, especially since April, end of March, uh, uh, in the beginning of April, it's uh, related to 
this improvement in the mood of the, the local investors. We believe that uh, there is still a lot of things uh, to be concerned about, but the stocks were very, very cheap. So that helped a lot. Interesting. Yeah, fascinating. And, and I think also, you know, you can see uh, from our perspective that South American, a lot of the South American central banks are just further ahead in their fight against inflation than some of the developed world central banks. But yeah, that's 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 for another story, I guess. But uh, what you hint at there, Roger, is really interesting because investing in all countries, as we always say, you know, it comes with quite a noisy, you know, macroeconomic and political context at the moment anyway, even outside of any country, UK and Brazil, both. However, you know, how do you and the team tune out that noise to focus on the meaningful signal from investments? And, you know, how do, how do you how do you manage to keep performing, basically? Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that sometimes we look at developed economies and it seems that they are coming closer to the volatility that you, we are used to see in emerging market economies like Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say that we are unfortunately used to that kind of volatility. So in the last 30 years, we, we saw a lot of that. So what we do is that we have investment process mm-hmm. that we build the portfolio in a defensive way, in a conservative way, so that we can take the opportunities when the markets become too pessimistic. And at the same time, we try to avoid mm-hmm. Uh, too much optimism in, in the up cycles, in the bull markets. So I, I think that the, the thing here is that I understand that uh, Brazilian politics always have some kind of influence on macroeconomic variables and then affects inflation, affects interest rates, affects effects. And we, we try to have a balanced portfolio. And of mm-hmm. course, that, that means that a top-down analysis is very important here. We look at fundamentals of the companies. We do a lot of bottom-up, but having the right scenario, it's very, very important. So we try to anticipate any meaningful changes in fiscal monetary policies. And it has been working for a while, and we hope that will keep working for us in the future. Yeah, so do I. So, and what, and in that context, you know, what are the what are the particularly interesting sectors of the market at the moment you guys are, you know, particularly interested in, perhaps? Yeah, that, that's an that's interesting moment here. I mean, that because domestically we have some challenges uh, regarding the new government, as I mentioned. We still want to see more in terms of the fiscal reforms. But at the same time, we understand that external scenario is becoming very positive for Brazil. Mm-hmm. The, Brazil had a, a very historical uh, exposure to commodity sectors, and that has been very helpful in the past. And it seems that we are in this kind of cycle right now. So it could be very important when you look at the current account numbers in Brazil, trade balance, it's very, very positive and we expect to keep positive that way. Mm-hmm. So we look for benefits from that with exposure to some exporters, but looking in the short term, looking in the next 12 months, for example, we believe that there are some companies that could benefit from improvement in cash flows. There was a lot of pressure. Uh, last year in costs for some Brazilian companies. So, and here, we, especially on the consumer sector, we see some companies benefiting from this improvement in margins. So uh, I would say that, as I mentioned before, we, we have a conservative approach. We look uh, for a mix of income, cash flows, and, uh, and growth. And I would say that right now, income is still important. We still, interest rates are still high in Brazil. So Bond-like sectors like utilities and telecom are still very attractive in our view. Mm-hmm. But we have a mix of that with exposure to consumer sectors that we believe that will improve in margins, together with some exporters that are trading at very low 
start call low multiples and uh, we are confident that they will keep generating a lot a lot of cash flow in the next two or three years and if you had like one tip for investors looking to pick stocks in brazil what would it be that that's that's very interesting uh <laughs> the magic the yeah magic answer. yeah no yeah no, no, yeah, yeah. I, I say that because we will always do that. We try to look at uh, the portfolio as a whole, mm -hmm. and the mix is very important. So uh, the mix between cash flow and growth and, and income, it's very, very important to our performance over the years. So mm -hmm. uh, saying that one specific stock will be the biggest generator of alpha, it's more difficult. But I would say here that we are looking at a company that's, for example, food producers in Brazil, they are strong, they are very competitive. Historically, mm -hmm. exporters, they work with the external markets for very, very long. They have gained a lot of exposure, especially to Asian markets in the last five years. And they suffered recently because of the increasing grain prices, specifically uh, corn and soybeans. And we believe uh, uh, that uh, those companies are now, we, we expect them to improve a lot in terms of uh, uh, margins and cash flow as we see grain prices coming down this year. So be interesting. specifically here, we like Brazil foods. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, a food producer that has suffered last year, but uh, we believe that uh, margins we will improve coming forward in, in the next quarters. That's super useful, Rogério. So uh, that's massively appreciated. And I would say, you know, and amongst that, the really important points are about the idea. First of all, past performance obviously cannot be a predictor of the future. We've all, you know, always got to be wary of that. But also the idea of diversification, you know, making sure that you're not just betting on one one horse, so to speak, that you're betting on a variety of horses in a very long term race. Now, from the perspective of the rest of the news, like I said in the introduction, um, the UK has been centre stage for much of this week. Yet another inf nasty inflation print was followed by another big increase in interest rates, you know, 50 basis points, heaping more strain on many households, both now and the months ahead. Remember, though, that not everyone has a mortgage in the UK. It's less than 30% of households. I think it's about 35% um, that actually own outright. Around half of those kind of 7.5 million households with owner-occupied mortgages have already absorbed the higher interest rates anyway. That's one thing to bear in mind. The other half, you know, faces a potentially nastier step up in monthly payments in light of this week's, you know, action from the Bank of England. That won't come all at once, of course. There is a steady stream over the next couple of years. Meanwhile, a good deal of that burden will fall on households, remember, that are more able to bear it. That's not to, uh, you know, minimise, you know, any of the suffering or difficulty that come with these moments. There are difficult trade-offs ahead for many households. Elsewhere, China's recovery outside of consumer services continues to disappoint, and the US still looks surprisingly strong, given the brick wall central bank has placed in its path last year. There are all sorts of reasons why this might be the case, but humility remains appropriate, as we continue to say. There are some signs of slow consumer spending, if you look hard enough for it in the US. So the mix of goods purchased food and otherwise is starting to show perhaps a more you know cautious posture but uh, you know our recommendation would be don't get too caught up in all of that uh, we've got you know full team of professionals full time on that so don't you know it's very hard to glean an edge you know we're not the only group with those kind of those kind of resources your edge as an individual remains your ability to think about the longer term that's where the rewards to this coming productivity surge should be found not in second guessing where interest rates and inflation will head over the summer and betting the house on it 
literally speaking. But the, you know, the point again, as emphasized by our special guest today, is diversification. Try and get the world's resources working on the behalf of your savings. That is the most, you know, the most high probability strategy over the longer term, particularly as we enter this kind of technological revolution. Thank you. And thank you for joining us this week. And thank you to Rogerio. We look forward to welcoming you back next week. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.